0: Welcome to the VoxGig Podcast. We talk to people in the developer community about developer relations, public speaking and community events. For more details, visit voxgig.com/podcast. All right, let's get started. Megan Slater is the community manager for CTO Craft. They've built their business up from a meetup and then using a Slack community, and now live events. If you're a startup CTO, or the CTO of a very large company, CTO Craft is kind of a wonderful resource. I cannot recommend it highly enough. Our discussion focuses on the role of community, how to build communities, and in particular, how to use Slack to support professional communities. Megan has been doing this professionally for quite some time. And I think this aspect of developer relations is often underappreciated as a specific skill set, it's not just about code and content. Community matters an awful lot too. Hello, Megan. It is great to have you on today on the Fireside with Box Gig podcast at long last. Hello.
1: Hi, Richard. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, uh, much uh, calendar juggling on my end that I have to apologize for, but it's really excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: I have to admit, I'm a little intimidated after hearing that you are uh, a voice. Actor, but <laughs> <laughs> you have been trained. Um, I'm just, you know, making it up as I go along, in the usual. <laughs> uh,
1: it's been a long old time, and you know, being a doing voice acting stuff, you have a script. I now have to using my my own words and think, uh, which is a bit more unusual. But I feel like I'm up to the task.
0: So let's talk about uh, a couple of things. Let's start with um, what you're doing at the moment, which is a new company, a startup. CTO Craft.
1: Yeah. So CTO Craft uh, started life as a meetup back in 2017. Uh, and it was hosted uh, at Skills Matter, which is how I was introduced to Andy and the idea of CTO Craft. And it's just slowly grown into what it is now, which is a community for CTOs and senior technology leaders that's it's aimed all around their professional and personal development because it can be quite lonely at the top um you know in that c-suite position you don't have many peers to to lean on and ctocraft wants to create a place that allows those individuals to you know talk to their peers in different companies being able to learn um from each other in a relaxed judgment-free environment so we can do that with our slack channel which we're Gosh, we're, we're over 4,500 strong on Slack. And then we have uh, regularly occurring newsletters, almost weekly online events that happen on a Friday afternoon. So perfect for a cheeky lunch break, just to pop in and learn. And then we're also having our first in-person conference, which is happening at the end of this month, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so we're we're growing in really interesting ways. There's so much more stuff that's happening behind the scenes that I can't talk about yet that I'm really like having to having to hold back on. Um, but yeah, it's very ex- it's very exciting stuff happening at the moment, and I definitely suggest everyone keeping an eye out. Um, I've only I've been here for a year now. It'll be a year the end of this month, um, and the growth we've had in just this year has been incredible. Um, I think I was there first or second permanent hire um it's it was pretty simultaneous um with with our head of finance and then since then we've now got a uh, uh, head of partnership head of conference things like that so we're really we're really growing quite quickly which is it's a, it's a really cool time to come in and and help the development of this community
0: So my exposure to it has been through the slack channel which you're right I, it is really helpful you can put put it Pretty much any question there, uh, you know, as in, you know, I've just been I've just been hired as a CTO and I'm out of my depth. Help! Uh, I see that a lot, um, and there's usually ten different answers, which is fabulous. Uh, let me go straight to the, the ask the difficult question straight away. Um, how does CTO craft make money? Are you still in the startup phase that you you've been funded, or are you an operating business? I'm just kind of curious about how 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 you've managed to uh, get this growth.
1: So we're in the startup phase, and I think a lot of our growth comes from uh, sponsors. We have annual sponsors, and then we they you know we still even with sponsors are really strict on who is allowed in the Slack channel, which I think really separates us uh, from a lot of other communities because I think that there's some pressure to you know when when someone gives you money to just be like yeah just come into our channel um, access the community, but we really want to make sure that the conversations there are for senior tech leaders by senior tech leaders so we, we make sure that not you know no marketing people no sales people are in there um even if they are even if they are sponsors um, and we also do um they'll locate they'll nominate speakers um, and topics for us to run events and to do blog posts and even and then as well we will vet that before it goes live so we want really to make sure that everything is super relevant to our community members um and we just keep keep our reputation as it is we also run coaching opportunities and a very neat product called circles so the idea of circles is that it'll be um a group of people uh, it, across the across the uk and and across america so it will try and try and align with time zones and it has um chatham house rules so what's said in the circle is you know, is keeps in the circle and it just gives people the opportunity to be able to just express those concerns uh those those issues or, or or problems that they have in a way that's a really friendly way that they can have constructive support um, and solution from their peers uh, and we also have our, our dedicated team of moderators uh, who who help lead that and help direct conversations so i think that's that's really important when you we don't have someone regularly like you know if 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 a, a team lead has an as a problem, they'll they'll go to the, you know, go to the head of department to be like, hey, I'm not sure how to do this. And then if the head of department has that, they go to, you know, they could go to a VP of engineering or CTO. And so it's making sure that those individuals, those CTOs, have someone that they can then turn to and be like, You're really just not sure about this. Like, what what do you think? Um so that's that's really important to us. And that's that's one way we um we make revenue yeah, It's uh, membership there.
0: It is it, it is super valuable. Having participated in similar things in, in other contexts, peer based support, especially when it's fully confidential, is, is super valuable. It seems like the Slack channel really drives the whole business. Would that be correct?
1: Yeah, I would say so. I think it's the it's because it's the easiest way and the first sort of door into seeing what CTOCraft is. Because I think that um for a lot of uh, you know, there's there's not many uh communities out there specifically for CTOs. Um, so I think that you know being part of a, a community can be a bit daunting at first and also airing any, especially if you're you're new, there's got that in kind of imposter saving face oh, yeah. issues. Do I do I share this problem? Are people gonna think that you know I'm foolish for sharing this problem? Is it a really obvious fix? So having a really open uh, community on Slack that's very judgment-free, you know, with with a lovely bunch, I think just really help helps drive tier Craft and I think is a really clear testament of our ethos and how we approach every member. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we might come back
0: to sort of, you know, curating healthy communities in, in a little bit. I'm curious about the Slack, running a Slack community, because I've seen other uh, other people do it as well, other companies, that sort of thing. Um, let's get into the weeds a little bit on running a Slack community. I mean, uh, does Slack have free options? They have paid options? You probably have your own internal Slack in CTO Craft, the company itself. How does that all fit together? Is it expensive?
1: Well, we currently use the free version of Slack. Uh because the paid-for Slack is incredibly expensive.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. It's kind of a bit of a double-edged sword in the sense that Slack very kindly only charges active users. Um, But that means that when you're growing a community and you're wanting to drive engagement, it's like, well, if I'm driving engagement and making sure that there are more active people in my community, I'm going to be stuck with a higher and higher bill at the end of each month. Which is really, you know, not a great incentive. Um, you know, you don't really want your your finance controllers breathing down the back of your neck at the same time when you're uh, when uh, the CEO is passing. They have run uh, sponsorship stuff in the past, but uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's just not been an avenue that we've been able to to go down. So, and and the free Slack is you just learn tips and tricks of how to get around things because the biggest blocker is not being able to see the analytics um as much of a deep dive as you would with the premium stack. I didn't realise how how much in, <laughs> until we had a three-day free period. And I think I can I can speak for quite a lot of people in DevRel community spaces that um we love data and we love oh, yeah. to see oh, those yeah. numbers oh. and getting glimpses of the numbers that were there that are just out of my reach was um both great but also like it was hard to see what I'm missing. Um, so you just have to learn getting going around things. So using tools like Common Room, which I cannot recommend highly enough, a really cool web app that just gives you really interesting deep dives into what's happening on Slack from things like your most active user, uh, engagement rates, where conversations are happening, and it will also create a little archive for you of most trending topics which i find incredibly useful because if you have a really good active slack community in a good way you're not and especially if you're in a a team of, of one which i think for a lot of people um who are in this line of work in startups that's that's very much the case you don't have the time to to comb through an entire all the slack channels that you have and read everything really carefully and give it what it's what every single message um the Jew it needs. So having a place that's got those really top trending topics that means you you have an easy way to keep an eye on things. I think is incredibly useful. Um, so I'm a big fan of Common Room. It massively helps. Go, everyone who has a Slack community, go use it.
0: <laughs> this is what we're here for, right? To find, find to find out the tips and tricks. Is Slack uh, the company missing? Are they are they missing a beat here? I mean, this seems like this 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 Slack for an organization that you use internally. Right, which is going to be closely correlated to the number of employees that you have now that the model of charging per active user works there if you've decided that that's the way you're going to communicate, especially if you're remote. And then they have the the free the sort of free slack option. But your use case and the use case that I've seen for others where they're using Slack for community building, it it's Does Slack not offer a a focused version of their product specifically for community building?
1: Not that I've seen. Um, I would say that if you want a a forum that's really dedicated, a platform that's really dedicated to community and you're building it from scratch. I mean, it also depends on your audience. That discord is a really fantastic uh, place to do that. Um, But you know, the, 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 Positives with Discord is that it's ex- exceedingly customizable. It's um very easy for people to join. It's easy for members to sort of donate as well with the nitro function and be able to customize it. But the downside of Discord is that especially for for a group like um CTOs, where it's a lot of it's a professional network, it's it feels um very disjointed. People aren't going to be on there as much during work hours compared to, you know, if you have a problem in your work day, Slack is already open. It's just yes. easy there to you just go, sit right? in the workplace. Um and also Discord, you know, it started off as a uh, as a gate a, a platform for gamers to be able to communicate whilst they game and stream. And I think that that knowing that as well as all the stuff that that, you know, the fact it became a bit of a, a home for. Uh, the crypto community, I mm. think, it leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. Um, so I think that when it comes to deciding on where your online community lives, I really think that both have huge pros. But I think that the main thing that you really have to focus on is who is your audience and what are you trying to build. If you're building a a community that's more aimed at professional growth, you really see that people will be most active after work hours um and go there more as a you know kind of self-reflective thing. Um discord is the way to go. But if you're looking for a professional network that people are able to jump in and out of during their work day if they have problems or if they want to connect professionally for for peer peer advice, I would definitely say Slack is more of an appropriate way to go. There are things that can make Slack decent um apps you know, I think I use the the type form integration all the time for quick feedback on uh, on forms and things. And you know the the poly uh, poll <laughs> uh, app is used all the time mm. for quick, like I can't decide between these two topics. Wait. Why am I deciding? I can just throw this into the community you know, oh, and and yeah. uh, get, get an idea. Um, so I think that you really have to sit and think of like, yeah, what what why are you doing this? Why are you building a community? and then from there to decide where you want to go?
0: Okay, okay, yeah. I, and thanks for kind of going into the into into the practical side of it. Oh, I do have one more practical question. Yeah. So do you run? Do you have a separate company Slack and then a completely separate CTO Craft Slack? Is that how you do it, or is it all the same thing?
1: Yeah. So I, it was one of the things I implemented. I think in my first like six months five months of creating uh, a private company Slack because I just wanted to keep okay. those yeah. analytics as pure as possible because yeah. when it comes to things like uh, direct messages sent and things like that, you know, working in a fully remote company, you should be messaging your, your coworkers all the time and getting updates. And I didn't want that to muddy any of the analytics coming from the community. That's uh, a pretty, yeah. And, you know, Slack's, Slack's free. so it, it, it's not not much of a big issue. And it's very easy if you have the desktop app to switch between work workspaces. Um, so it's kind of a no-brainer to to create that um, and make it just so that, that we keep we keep both things both things separately.
0: Awesome. That, that that's all super, super useful. Um we we first met, I think, when you were working in Skills Matter and I was speaking at one of the events there, and you were also doing community stuff there. Uh You've been doing community stuff for quite a while. So let, let's kind of just rew- rewind. Tell us about your personal journey into um, community management and building communities and understanding how I, to do that.
1: I think my first ever experience of running a community is when I was a fresh-faced 19-year-old <laughs> at uni um, and I volunteered to help support um because I was in the philosophy society at uni and they needed someone that who could do social media management. And I was like, yeah, that's me. Let's go. Um, And then later I was um, in my final year, I was president of the philosophy society. And that was, that taught me a lot of community management skills very early on in terms of, you know, how to communicate with people that are really passionate, but get them excited about coming together and learning from one another. Uh, understanding different event types for different needs um you know communicating you know communicating with lectures on on organizing events and understanding what sort of materials needed to be needs to be delivered so i would say to you know if you if you hear of anyone at uni who who's, men- who's who's mentioned that they're interested in knowing more about developer relations and community management the first thing i would suggest is is that they go and um volunteer at a society. Um, which is quite interesting because I know that a lot of a lot of the old guard in DevRel, they've they've had years of professional experience in a different role and then have moved into DevRel. Whereas for me, yeah, it was coming out of uni and I and I joined Skills Matter quite quite quickly after after coming out of uni. So I've been in the um yeah, I've been in the industry for eight years. Uh, and you know, so it's 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 a long time, but it's it also feels quite bizarre because you know, I'm not even I'm not thirty yet, so it's so it's quite funny how um how I've not you know this is the the career that I know because it's such a new type career type as well. Um.
0: Yeah, and you joined just as just around the time everything kind of transitioned from really make it up as you go along and and do a bit of devrel as well as your main job, to a world we live in now where developer relations is a professional activity and companies need to be doing it.
1: Yeah, so I re- I, I remember um, when I joined Skills Matter, there was, oof, 20 of us in, in the office. Uh, and the community team was uh, myself and my manager at the time who... Um, he left but uh, after my probation um so after three months so I definitely would say that my experience of that was um sort of learning on as you go that is the best um, way but, that
0: is the best way
1: yeah but because like I was very lucky like Wendy n- knows the community like knows tech community inside out so you know learn a lot from her um so so lucky in that regard and because it was in that new changing space, it meant that interacting with, with people who didn't really know it much, it was really easy to kind of carve out what I wanted to do. Because I was trying, I was doing a bit of everything. I was doing marketing stuff. I was doing um, client calls and meetings, you know, with with how Skills Matter worked with meetup groups was offering sponsorship via venue sponsoring. Um, so that kind of vetting Sort of clients in in an inverted commas, um, and and getting them on board through there uh, uh, to event management. So it was really trying everything, and it's really helped me when developing my career further because it's meant looking at being able to look at job descriptions and things like that, and being like, well, I know that I'm not a fan of this, and being able to knowing how to negotiate and making sure that I'm doing what I actually want to do and that I love to do, <laughs> rather than kind of just just doing things and i think the other great thing about being part of a evolving career is that when you have a lot of experiences of things that don't work which i think is incredibly valuable because the amount of time you save because you're like well i know that from my experience this actually isn't that isn't that important like we shouldn't be spending that much time on this maybe you know we should be trying this thing or you know what if we what if we came at it with this approach instead uh, so yeah, it's been. I've, I've I've really enjoyed doing being part of an evolving, um, evolving career. Although it is quite funny that um, I think every one of my friends, when they go to introduce me to to someone else, will be like, "Yeah, this is Megan. She does, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: computer stuff, computer stuff. Yeah, broken she... printer." <laughs>
1: Yeah, she, she, she chats to people. Um, She goes to events. I don't really know. (laughs) Um, She's on Twitter. You know, Um, great Great time. time, Yeah. The other thing is like, yeah, why, um, I think think it was one of my friends mentioned the other week, it's like, Megan, you seem to know everything that's going on in the internet, like the weird subcultures. I'm thinking in my head like, yeah, because you kind of need a, for, for community stuff in case like, anything comes out that you want to avoid certain content or things like trends you want to jump on the back of quickly and you know st- stuff like that so I would say that yeah I kind of I do live on the internet a bit
0: yeah and it becomes it's kind of second nature isn't it it's, you just you just end up knowing how to absorb this stuff It's it's one of the sort of community management skills right
1: yeah very much so like I mean it's it's incredibly useful for um yeah for making sure that you are keeping your community in the know um and uh, in a, in a personal way it's very useful because um you can make fun of your friends as they're getting older because you still know all the memes that are happening that oh
0: yeah they get further along in yeah. their careers as as I don't know, accountants or something um but you stay cool that's the great yeah
1: thing. that's the main that's the main thing <laughs>
0: Um, Okay, so the other thing that's kind of interesting about your career journey is there's this kind of cliche in developer relations that there are three pillars, right? Code, code, community, and content. Um, And kind of an open discussion about whether somebody who's in that space needs to have all three or whether they can focus or whatever. And uh, I know you have coded in the past, but your main focus has always been communities so what am i i'm just curious on your thoughts on this because in some ways saying oh you have to you have to have been a working programmer previously feels a little bit like gatekeeping
1: i always like to say i have theoretical knowledge um but no practical knowledge when it comes to coding and i think that you don't necessarily need to have all that practical knowledge to to, to get into the dev role space because if you're building a community you should have people within that community that say if you needed some more insights on this, or or you needed to learn more about a, a certain area of technology, um, you should have nice people that if you ask that question, they'll be willing to to help and maybe answer how you learn. There will be spaces for you to learn. Um, and I remember, I remember thinking. Um, I can't remember when he gave this talk. This was at DevRel London years ago. Was Joe Nash? And I remember he he put his schedule up on the talk uh, on the on the slideshow, and it showed you know when he codes, when he works, also when his D and D group met, and his week just looked insane. And I remember thinking, "Oh my goodness, that is." that is so much work and and feeling a bit overwhelmed with like is that what's expected of me and things like Mm -hmm. that and I think that what I what I have learned is that it's okay to if there's an area you don't know you you don't need to have genius knowledge of everything you don't need to know anything at a hundred percent like just you know and you should be able to lean on other members within the DevRel community, if you know if there's areas that you you are unsure of and and have that space for for learning. And I think that as DevRel has has grown and changed, it's it doesn't need to be just like you know this this typical path of coder to conference speaker to community person, because not everyone has that journey and not everyone is that person that can do that journey and that's fine. That's okay. Um, and I think that the, the more we, we, cause we preach all the time to our communities of like, everyone's welcome. The more people knowledge is shared, like the better because you know, harvesting those ideas, you, you, you learn from more perspectives, nothing's missed, but we kind of need to take that on board yes. ourselves I think at times <laughs> um, and, and be like, you know, if, if, if someone's better in one area, then, then, fantastic that's great for them and then that means that someone who's um maybe weaker in that area that they're they're great in they can help one another um and and just lift one another up
0: absolutely um and, and in the context of developer relations teams you're you're naturally going to have different skill sets and, and it all kind of comes together uh Okay, so let's uh, finish up. Now, you mentioned that you you were running uh, a conference at the end of the month. Uh, this is May 2023. <laughs> yes. <case> this <laughs> In the future. Uh, tell us about that.
1: So it's actually our first in-person conference that we've done. It's really exciting. Um, and it's going to be hosted in London in the Tobacco Dock. And it's two days of really open learning, which I'm really excited for. Um, you know, every every catch-up call that I have with our head of conference has just made me more excited <laughs> about this. Um and it's it's gonna just be a really lovely opportunity to have a lot of the CTO Craft community who haven't really met face to face. We don't we I think this is one of the reasons why CTO Craft I feel has come out so much stronger post-pandemic is that pre-pandemic we were already an online community yes. so there was no needing to create or, or moving over or changing practices we already were um and so but I think that now being able to have everyone come together and and see each other face to face and learn from learn each other from each other face to face I think is going to be really important and, and really great um and also you get to see how tall everyone actually is <laughs> which is another. You know, Great gameplay um, and trying to recognize people from their from their Slack profile pictures. It sounds um, like
0: it's going to be awesome. What dates is it on?
1: It is on. Oh my my conference manager is going to kill me for not knowing this off the top of my head. Uh, the twenty third and twenty fourth of May. Um, so tickets are already so all sold out, unfortunately. Um, but we will be announcing dates for a November conference around then as well. So. Keep an eye out uh, because more exciting things are coming.
0: Well, that's a that's a great endorsement of the November conference. That that this one is, this one is done. No more tickets. Marvelous. Yeah, yeah it's, make it to it, November. That that sounds pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll definitely be sharing sharing all over Slack, and you'll be able to to, to hear it all.
0: <laughs> I know where to find you guys, Megan. Thank you so much. This has been really really wonderful. Lots of interesting stuff um, about Slack and communities and all that sort of stuff. Thank you very much for sharing.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. The time has flown by. Um,
0: oh, actually, I think we'll be keeping an eye on CTO craft for sure. All right. Thank you so much.
1: Well, well, thank you so much.
0: You can find the transcript of this podcast and any links mentioned on our podcast page at voxgig.com slash podcast. Subscribe for weekly editions where we talk to the people who make the developer community work. For even more, read our newsletter. You can subscribe at voxgig.com slash newsletter or follow our Twitter at voxgig. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time.